1: It's almost always Friday night when I see another comic creator coming on to explain themselves. But you do not have to adjust your calendar, your watch, or your dial. We're coming on a Thursday, 3.30, because that was when we could talk to Pat Shand. And when we can p- talk to Pat Shand, we talk to Pat Shand. Pat, how are you this Thursday afternoon?
0: I'm good. You can see over my shoulder. Uh, I'm, I'm packing books, shipping books still. Um, Kickstarter's a grind, and I'm enjoying it, man.
1: Which which, uh, which campaign is it that you're fulfilling?
0: That one's Cheeky, and then mm-hmm. I got Prison Witch waiting in the wings as soon as that's going to go, and um, so that's probably going to start Saturday when Cheeky wraps, uh, and then Cerulean Dreams will probably begin overlap with Prison Witch a bit, or begin right after Prison Witch. So I'm going to always be in a state of launching, producing, and fulfilling.
1: That is that's a that's a beautiful thing if you can do it. I like to always be in a state, a state of um, calm um, yeah. because I, I, I haven't figured out that yet. so what I try to do is forgive myself as I try to get there, but I think it's amazing that you have set up this machinery and we should probably get into that after we get into, the campaign that you are actually uh, uh, launching right now. It's uh, kind of a companion piece to Cheeky. So let, let's let hear about Steamy. I'll, I'll pull up the page while you kind of uh, uh, talk about what Steamy is and what it is not.
0: Sure. Steamy is a collection of stories about love and sex that stand alone. And then in the end, they overlap in fun and exciting ways. Um, it is much in the same format as Thirsty and Shiki, uh, where these stories can be enjoyed by themselves or together. Uh, there are characters from both Thirsty and Shiki in uh, in Steamy. Uh, so if you have read those, you can continue on to this, but it, it does stand alone. It is completely satisfying by itself. Um, it takes a, a character driven, funny, an emotional look at sex, uh, all the different kinds of stories and experiences that we have with sex, sexuality. Uh, it takes a shameless approach, you know. We, mm-hmm. um, I feel like uh, the comics industry has kind of um, been puritanical for a long time. Uh, I'm, I'm done with that. I find that uh, you know, there's all these horror stories, superhero stories. I-, I find stories about sex and love a lot more universal than stories about. Murder and uh, wearing tights, you know. Uh, so
1: I'm assuming somebody could wear tights in Steamy, though
0: they could, they could. I don't know if they do, but they could,
1: uh, <laughs> not for long,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, so yeah, um, I you know, I, I always tell this story that, um, when I first started out in comics, I was quickly hired by Zeniscope, uh, a publisher known for both a an interconnected fairy tale based public domain, horror fantasy universe, uh, and also known for their sexy covers. I I was hired by them as staff writer for years. And the, my peers in the comics industry often uh, mistakenly assumed that I was writing porn and kind of uh, looked down at me for it. So my thought was always, all right, so I'm being demonized for something that I'm not even doing. How about I actually do it and write it better than any of their books? So that, that was my idea with, uh, well, first Thirsty, then Cheeky Steamy, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife Amy came on to, to collaborate with me. Uh, so we're co-writing these together, and this is the uh, third installment in the series.
1: Yeah. Now, I, I've read Thirsty. I haven't read Cheeky or Steamy. Uh, what I was impressed by uh, the story is it's unapologetically sexual. It's unapologetically um, erotic. But there were full on stories happening in and around the the sex. Um, but I do want people to know this is, like you said, unapologetically, shamelessly a book yeah. with with sex. So if if you're on, if we're on your Facebook and you're at work and you don't want to hear words like, you know, sex and other things that might come around it, you know. Maybe maybe mute us because we're going to get into it without shame, as the uh, as the hustler store says, uh, something like, uh, "What's the big deal? It's it's just sex." So uh, just that that is your warning. If you're listening to the podcast or, or watching us on Facebook, uh, we might get into to some things. But that, really, honestly, as as a reader, I I appreciate books that tell you what they are and deliver what they tell you they're going to deliver. And I, if it's, if it's a a drama, you know, about two people talking in a diner and that's what I know I'm coming into. Great. But if I have a a super sexy cover, like, you know, the the clean cover you have up on top that you just unlocked, I, I, if I'm buying a book with this cover, I kind of want to see some stuff inside that's sensual and sexual as well.
0: Right. Yeah. That was definitely, um, that, that that was our thought going into is that um, we, and it's no shame to them. Uh, Zenoscope does it, and they do it very well. Um, they do pinup covers where they'll have their character in like a sexy costume, or there's a nude variant. And then the interiors are you know a, sta- a standard, but non-nude fantasy-based story. Mm-hmm. Um, but with uh, thirsty, we we wanted it to be clear that we we aren't doing that. You know we. Right um want it to be known that it's about sex because we wouldn't want people to buy it, open it up and um, you know, see see some surprising shit. Uh
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> so we, we put it all up front what it is. Um and it's been cool, you know, uh it has sort of removed some of my hangups with how I've been uh perceived before, you know.
1: Okay, so uh, one thing as as a, a writer, I have not ventured into this type of writing, so I'm kind of wondering. You know, every every scene has has the characters, and it builds to a crescendo. And and like I said, there is a story with this, which is is cool. Do the characters inform for you and your wife what? what the sex might be, or are you interested in exploring a sexual uh, fantasy in a story? Not necessarily fantasy for you, but a a fantasy out there. And then you build characters around it. So kind of chicken or egg, which comes first in your vignettes?
0: Uh, You know what? It's a mixture of all that. Um, How each volume starts is that I'll, I'll ask Amy like, Hey, do you have any ideas? It can be based on, um, one of your own fantasies, a, a character idea um, something from, from from your past from our past and present together and just build from there. Um, and then if we don't find anything there we'll also mine for experiences like for example, um, this one that, that 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 you're coming to um, below that alone is based on the idea of what happens to someone who is an adult? who gets into a relationship where it's it's been his only uh, sexual partnership and then that relationship ends. And this innocent guy who is a bit older than the normal um, level of experience that he has is out there in the world trying to date. So that's that. Um, and, and the one above it uh, just it, it is a lot more like of a light idea like um, this one uh, no mattresses, right? Um, that one came about when amy and i were we ordered a, a mattress from bob's discount furniture shout out to those <laughs> bastards dude uh, yeah. <laughs> uh they uh they delivered us a king size mattress and a queen size frame oh, Jesus. and they couldn't leave it because the mattress is so heavy it would crush the frame uh so we were left for days with no mattress we got a hotel so this um Uh, Story, what put these two characters in um, in two different bad days as they deal with this, and then come together um, in a place where there is literally no mattress, and then this ties in to their arc in the end, which is um, brings back a character from the past of uh, thirsty for a bit of an exhibitionist romp. Okay, so yeah, I um I always think about that like uh, life experience uh ideas for characters to kind of mine um the relationship of the human experience and the sexual experience and explore that in interesting ways even if they aren't our, our own uh pov and also i look at what we've done before and um how to bring in characters and create ties to past stories ties in this like for example um uh, the tie in Thirsty was that the characters in the end, they come together in this uh, uh, this kind of Uber-esque situation. It's a ride-sharing uh, app where they go in and this app in the car reads their phone's history and uh, sort of acts as, as a sex therapist to people by analyzing their phone searches. In Thirsty, in Cheeky, uh, uh, more simple, it all came together at a big booty contest. And in uh, Steamy, it all comes together at this couple's retreat at a hotel. So during the story, you see some of the characters who will end up there seeing an ad for it. You'll see um, the clerks at the hotel get get their own story. And then as people begin to come to the hotel early on, we see their arcs. And then It it all uh, comes together, climaxes in the uh, final epilogue, which brings them together at that
1: retreat. No, that's a great idea. You're talking about doing this with the wife. I I, I wonder if there, I I want to ask, are there, obviously you're comfortable being intimate with your wife. So obviously that probably opens up a level of honesty and openness that you might not have with another writer, Uh, but also could it cause some problems? So as you're writing these stories, do you guys have, do you talk out, like Almost like safe words. Do you do you communicate before you start to write on how this will be great for the book and not uh, a negative that can com- come up in your relationship? Or is it just a-, a plus?
0: No, yeah. I mean, it's been easy for us uh, as far as that goes. Uh, what I do is because my end of it is I've been writing comics for a long time. Um, Amy will come into play when we're plotting it out so we'll uh, I'll I'll ask her for ideas and she'll write down just a, a bunch, I'll format that into stories and see how it can tie together and then I'll break each story down into uh, uh, pages, p- i panelize them and then I'll print each one out and I'll give them along with the art to Amy to add her portion of dialogue and then she'll do mine so what I'll do is while I'm doing that uh, panel writing uh, phase. I'll just say stuff like, "Hey, how would you want uh, this character from this story to look?" And I'll put in some of her ideas. I'll put in some of mine. Um But we're very we're very open as far as that kind of stuff goes too. We um leave a lot to the artist, and that actually has been a conversation uh, in editorial recently too because um we found that obviously in cheeky with the topic being a big booty contest there was a theme of Big Butts. Now mm-hmm. in Steamy, we we began to notice that because the, the artists aren't kind of coordinating together, we're all just hiring them at the same time and, and they're all working at the same time. Right. We noticed a trend where a lot of the characters um, had larger chests. So Steamy became kind of a, a boob-themed book. So okay. retroactively, we kind of looked looked at what had been done and uh, coached a few artists to kind of pull back on the cups, you know? Okay. Uh, so, like, that kind of thing, you know, just, I mean, v- very casual. It's uh, – mm-hmm. it, contrary to what people might think, it's one of the easier books to make.
1: Okay. Do you – I think of, uh, you know, I, I don't want to use the P word for your book, but when I think of – Pornographic movies. Oh, okay. Um. I think of them almost made in the same way that an action movie is made, and in that it, you know, and I and I, I'm not the first one I've I've heard this. Like every five to ten minutes in an action movie, you need to get to a fight or an explosion. Mm. And in a porno movie, it's not. It could be a fight, or and it could be an explosion, but it's a very specific explosion. You've got to get to every five to ten minutes. Yeah. Um. And I and I know that with your vignettes, the it, just just one the one I read, you know, you you get to it. Is there a is there a part of you that wants to make sure you're pushing past what you've done before, or are you super happy to just find what is what is sexy and sensual in that story? It doesn't matter if it's something that's been done before in one of your books.
0: Yeah, no, it it doesn't matter if it's been done before. I mean, I um, I feel like I would catch it in the plot phase if it was. Too done you know i mean Mm -hmm. um uh like for example we have um we have uh our our character pen who is kind of the the through line here she was the only friends content creator in thirsty she she gets a small appearance at the booty contest in cheeky and she gets a full dedicated story in uh uh, steamy and we'll be launching a spin-off for her as well um she is the the content creator so we wouldn't have another character doing that because that that's kind of been done Mm -hmm. so that 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 kind of thing takes care of itself in the uh in the discussions of the plot like for example um we did have one story here where i asked him he was like hey is this too similar to this story and if we think that then we'll just kind of work against that as we plot um But yeah, I mean, what what keeps it fresh is just um, the concept. Uh, The the concept being that when you're watching porn, where it has a story element, generally the story leads up to the sex, the sex begins, and that's the end. Mm -hmm. The the sex is the goal of the story. The story exists to get to the sex. With our books, we didn't want that. We wanted the, the, the sex to be part of it, not not the goal of the story, or not even the climax of, of every story. Like, for example, with Penn, um, in both Penn stories, the one in Thirsty and now the one in Simi, um there are scenes of her, ha- you know, in Thirsty, having sex for her only friend's account, and in Simi, with, with her boyfriend, uh, throughout. And the, mm-hmm. the arcs aren't about the sex. The arc in, in Thirsty is about her discovering that creating a genuine connection with a person makes better content for her. And mm-hmm. then in Steamy, the arc is more about um, how she and her boyfriend interact with the comments coming in when uh, they take a more negative turn.
1: Oh, okay. All right. That's interesting. When I was looking down the page, I actually recognized them, but it's been, you know, six, eight months since I read it. I'm like, oh, I didn't know if it was a new one. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that it's really cool. I think what you do is exciting because you are kind of breaking a barrier, even on, even on Kickstarter that, you know, is known for TNA covers and, and a couple of things, but having a very literate, very adult book, you know, I've got Lost Girls on my bookshelf over there which is Alan Moore's you know Unapologetic and he used the word uh pornographic uh comic and it it is you know comics can be absolutely anything we are we are used to it being Batman and Superman stopping Lex Luthor you know that's what we've been told our whole lives in America America but yeah horror uh, romance sexuality it can be absolutely anything and I I I appreciate that you're you're not really pushing any boundaries, but you're opening up people's eyes that we can we can have these things. Adults can have these things, and you know, if if you got a credit card, you're probably an adult. Yeah, Um, it's
0: it's um it's not weird to experience attraction to experience sex, and it's treated in mm -hmm. comics for a long time now as if it is. You know that there were in the 2010s there were all these controversies over uh depictions of certain characters on sexier covers from from Marvel uh Zenoscope got some of it too and I feel like I want to be part of ending that you know I um I think that that conversation was sort of hidden as a liberal talking point when in actuality it's a very conservative uh um, state of mind mm-hmm. and um to me, that's washed, it's done. Uh, and I'm happy to, to be part of that.
1: Nice. Okay. All right. So um, one thing that, that we, had, we talked about at the very beginning, the fulfillment. So w- how did you build this machine where you can be creating, launching, fulfilling in, in, in a, you know, like always moving? Not, not, not like, I, I feel like I do a circle of production a circle of launching, a circle of fulfillment, and then I start over. And I love the fact that you have this this ability to do in this kind of infinite loop. So how did you build that for yourself, for me, and for someone who might be listening? Um, This time around, for the
0: first time ever, I'm bringing on a team to help with fulfillment. Um, I have guys that I grew up with who I'm bringing onto the team. I have some very... um, some uh, forward-thinking creators who I also have, who are local on Long Island, who are joining in um, and building a team, creating content, and, and also delivering constantly. Um, that has definitely been a learning curve, but mm-hmm. um, in the past, I did it myself, you know. Um, but oh, and, and here we, we have Smiley like Chris in the comments. Here, Chris is one of the guys who is packing up Cheeky. Four teams, space between. Um, And we're moving, you know. Um, It has been... It's been a really fun process. Uh, It's made delivery into something that I can look forward to as opposed to something that I'm trying to really get done. And it also makes it much more efficient. Cheeky is our biggest campaign ever by a huge stretch. Mm -hmm. And when it's done, which is this weekend, it'll be our quickest delivered ever as well which i'm very proud of that um so it is one bringing in other people to to create a team um it's two really just um believing in myself and uh pushing myself becoming a g really (laughs) really doubling down on the idea that I, I can do this myself. Whatever a publisher has to offer, not only can I do it, for me, I can do it better. And I I really believe that. Um, and I think that Kickstarter is helping not only myself, but creators. I mean, everyone saw what Terry Moore did. Um, I will say that I helped build that campaign, run that campaign, and I'm very proud of seeing that one immensely succeed. We're seeing uh, p- publishers like uh, Black Mask and Vault are looking to us. They're, they're looking to Kickstarter creators and seeing how we do this, seeing what we do. And that trust in the individual that we're fostering in both the community of creators and backers, the most important part for me is that I'm fostering it in myself. You know, I know that I can do this. And that belief um, that I look at what, what publishers do and I go, ah, it's, it's not good enough. That I take upon myself as a duty to me and my backers that I have to level up and fulfill.
1: That's nice. Uh, Chris put in the comments. um, Always a cool time. Looking forward to tonight's uh, stacking and packing. That's great. When 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 you're fulfilling your, it's such a solitary uh, endeavor. When you're fulfilling on your own, it's got to be just you. You must be looking forward to going to fulfill now, as opposed to. I got to get this done so that I can get these out. And it, it, I mean I I love dropping the stuff off at the post office. I feel yeah. successful. I feel like I I did the thing. Right. But, you know, sitting there alone, uh, you know, alone packing stuff up, it it must be more fun uh to do it. It is.
0: It, it is. Um in fact, I'm going to post in the comments here. Um this is a link to our vlog. Uh we did a This is part one of two. It's our cheeky shipping vlog. If you want to check that out. Anyone who's watching this. um, Yeah, it's been cool. It's going to be a thing that we do every time now, you know, Um, and yeah, it makes me look forward to uh, packing more. I'm bringing team members to conventions now, so it makes me look forward to that more. It, Mm -hmm. It makes it all a more communal experience and I um, you know, when I first got into comics and you know, even until recently, I haven't felt uh too accepted by what I look at as the mainstream comics community. So my option is to build my own community.
1: Yeah. I mean if they if 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 you put the foot in the door and they don't let you in, just break the door down. Right. Right. Yeah. I and, and start messing with the walls and putting their drapery on fire as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. You talked about going on the, the, the shows and I know you, you, you go to comic shows and I, I'm blanking on the name of the, the sex shows. I don't want to Exotica. Exotica. Yeah. yeah. So you've done Exotica. What is um, what is the experience with the people who come to your booth that might not be into the comic um, genre when they come up? Are they excited to see you? Are they confused? Uh, how do people treat you if they were not coming to see Pat Shand and pick up a comic?
0: Right. Uh there is there's an element at a show like Exotica of people seeing the comics and having that oh, what's this moment? Because um there was there was an author there. We we, we were the only comics publisher there. Um and that I found is helpful, you know. It's uh helpful to find um people who are Intrigued? Who don't really know what it is yet, so you can kind of have a fresh slate a- and explain to them. Mm-hmm. I'm not competing with any other creators there. I'm not. Um, I mean, who I'm competing with is the girl across who is selling lap dances. The booth to the side who is selling paddles. And the booth to this side who is brazzers. You know, bro. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's totally. The, the, it's a. It's a level playing field, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. It's helpful, and I find that the people of all the conventions that I go to, there's a mix of people. You know, like at a local convention, you're more likely to find people who have never heard of you. At a larger convention that has a few publishers, some, uh, you know, big city focus, I'm likely to find people who are Kickstarter backers and who are people who have found my stuff in comic shops. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at a convention like Exotica, it's mostly new people to me who I haven't met before, but the vibe is very open. You know, people, um, people are are eager to see new shit. They're, they're eager to be surprised. Like they Mm -hmm. don't go to Exotica thinking, Okay. I'm going to get my, I mean, what would you get signed? You know, (laughs) like they they, they don't (laughs) have, they don't have like a preconceived uh, plan, except maybe to like get in line with Angela White, take a picture with her, and tell her what what their favorite video was. Um, But there's not like a... People don't have... They're not dragging a box of uh, comics saying, oh, I I need to get signed by so-and-so, so-and-so, so-and-so. It's all about the experience there, and the Mm -hmm. experience based convention going, man, it's it's cool to see as someone who's been doing just purely Comic-Cons for so long, breaking out and doing a more... um, a different focus has, has mm-hmm. been super cool.
1: I did a rockabilly show once a long back. They, they, the, the person putting it on didn't feel like it was uh, good enough to do a second one. But my thought was maybe one in 10 stopped to talk to us, but there was no, you didn't have to even push anybody who was gonna buy to buy. They were either gonna buy the book cause they were interested and it was cool or they weren't, but there was no wondering if they were going to purchase. It was just, if they thought they wanted it, the credit card came out. And it was kind of a cooler vibe in that way, because there wasn't any, boy, I hope I can convince this person to grab this trade paperback in this comic. It was just, right. well, you know what? I, I don't know if I'm going to like this, but give me those four things. And and then they, they were, you know, they were cool and they left. And some people were like, this looks really cool. I don't read comics. Good luck. And they were gone, which is, yeah perfectly fine. It's the people who kind of pick it up and stand there for 15 minutes that you're you know, trying to cajole into grabbing the book. And then it's not really fun for either you or the reader at that point when you've had to um, just convince them or, 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 you know, strong arm them into buying the book. So that's what I found, but I've never done anything like Exotica. Um, so it's kind of cool to have that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I find it comparable to what you just said. Um, in fact, man, I want to do, you know, the, the idea wasn't, you know, do, do sex-positive conventions. The idea was to do conventions that are relevant to us, that aren't just comic space. Like, I would do horror conventions. What I wanted to do, which didn't really work out yet, um, we had this book, Afterglow, which is about a girl and her giant cat in a post-apocalyptic world. Now, uh, that to me would be cool to bring to a pet convention, mm-hmm. but I mean, fifteen hundred for a table is kind of crazy to me for yeah. a, a pet convention. That's a pretty uh, intense test. But one day, you know, um, no. I want to keep growing that way, try new things that comics people aren't doing. Like I always want to be thinking outside the box in a way that still still can reward what we do as far as you know the books. But but expand from there and try new things. Like at Exotica. The book sold well. However, now I know next year I'm gonna bring a lot more pins. I printed extra of um Do I have it here? Yes. Our cheeked up pin. Let's see if you can see it. It says cheeked up. Certified mm-hmm. cheeked up. That that um that pin felt relevant to a lot of the Congo is there that I saw, you know? Um and uh Single-issue comics. Uh, My boy Chris in the comments, he had an idea for, um, I forget what it was called, but these little standees where it's uh, a character who's printed on plastic who stands up as a little like print-slash-display toy, I guess. Mm -hmm. It looks sick. Um, So expand in ways like that um, and try new things and go to these cons and like we did at Exotica, key into what people want, what they're getting, and go from there.
1: Cool. All right, Pat. I really appreciate you stopping with us. I told you I'd only take up a half hour of your time, and I think we're I think we're at that half hour. Uh, Always exciting to uh, see you kicking ass. Uh, We are a dollar away from fifty six thousand. So, uh, guys, guys, a dollar away. Come on. You know what? I think we can fix that. I think we can add a dollar here in the show. Uh, I, a, a dollar isn't going to change anything on your end or my end, but it's going to look so pretty. um oh, no, uh, maybe maybe not with all the uh, the passwords. I thought I was in and ready to go. I, okay. I'd love to. I'd love to make it make it pretty if I can.
0: We will get there today for sure. So anyone watching, check it out, please. Th- thank you for that. It's uh the the link is here. Um, if you want to see our vlog uh, posting. Um, blog uh, with the uh pa- packing tiki that is that's in the uh chat over there um and kevin thanks for having me man
1: hey it's my pleasure and you're at fifty six thousand. hey beautiful thank you thank you thank you that's the way we end a broadcast everybody have a great night i will be back with will and a couple of other, uh creators uh tomorrow night at 11 and uh as always we appreciate everybody stop by in the comments john and chris uh chris um make sure you pop stretch you want to be very flexible when you're packing up you we don't want any carpal tunnel because i know you got about 1300 packages to send out so uh you have a great night guys